Every day I pray, and every morning I wake up, I said, gosh, I got another day. You know, so I, I, I never take the days for granted, like when I wake up, because within that 24 hours, something could happen that's not so nice or negative. So I keep the faith. Welcome to the Jesus Calling Podcast. At this time of the year, we hear a lot about being thankful and having an attitude of gratitude. But from an everyday perspective, why is gratitude key in allowing good things to flow in our lives? When we're grateful to God, even in the bad times, it has the power to energize us. When we're broken, a grateful heart can bring healing. And when we feel like giving up, giving thanks can bring us hope. Our guests this week have learned to be grateful, not only in the good times, but in the difficult times. And they share how practicing gratefulness opens them up to more blessings and gives them the strength to share those blessings with others. We'll hear stories of gratefulness from legendary singer Patti LaBelle and country music icon Tracy Lawrence. Let's start with Patti's story. Hi, I'm Patti LaBelle. I sing, I cook, I dance, I pray, and I stay. I learned how to cook, you know, by just being at home all the time, so I never missed a meal of being prepared. So that's when I learned how to cook. And I... um, I had no friends. I had a cat, a dog, and butterflies, and lightning bugs were my buddies. My friends were actually my aunts, the older people who I live with and who frequent the house. But I was just very shy, and I'm still shy to a point. I just really um, was always afraid of communicating. And that's why I think it it was so easy for me to learn to cook, because that was something that I was around 24-7. I finally did go to church and met my musical director, the choir director, Ms. Chapman. And I knew at at a young age I was going to sing because I would take brooms and pretend they were microphones and stand in front of a mirror and just belt it out. So when I finally got out of the house and went to church, they knew I could sing for some reason. They knew I could sing. And so Ms. Chapman said, we would love for you to be in the choir. And I said, okay, fine. But then they heard me sing and she said, I think you should take lead. I said, lead what? She said, we want you to lead the choir. We want you to be the lead vocalist. And I was petrified. I said, I don't think I can do that. And she said, just give it a chance. Her son was a phenomenal singer. He reminds you of Luther Vandross. So we did a duet together. I was called God Specializes and we tore the church up. And that's when I realized that I had something that was pleasant to ears. You know, people got the spirit. They got to say hallelujah and thank you, Jesus, and all kind of wonderful things to make me know that I did have it. Oh, my mother and father, they were supportive of anything I sang because I was so shy. And finally, to get that voice out of this little shy girl, they were happy. They were very happy. You know, singing in church was... It was every Sunday. And then, of course, I met real people, real girls who wanted to sing. And that's when we formed the group, the Ordettes. That's when I started singing secular music. And so we started around Philadelphia area and wherever we could, Jersey, uh, New York. And I knew then that I had a, another, not just a gospel voice, but an R&B voice secular voice and you can have a voice no matter what depends on what kind of music you want to sing so I continued to sing R&B and I still sing gospel 
I mean, I still sang gospel, but um, that's when I started singing, I guess for real, for real, with, with the girl group. You know, my faith took me through because I said, I have to do this because I'm born to sing. So a lot of prayers helped me become the not so scared Patti LaBelle now. There was a time I did lose my voice. I lost it, and everybody around me are telling me what they wanna, what they wanna think. They said, "No, you didn't. You sound great." I sounded like a lamb in labor. I was so awful. Before I would go on stage, I would pray that the audience wouldn't throw oranges at me, and I would stand on stage sometimes for forty-five minute shows when we had four acts on the show it was Frankie Beverly and Mays and the OJ's and someone else. And I performed before Frankie Beverly and Mays and I had 45 minutes. The whole 45 minutes, I stood there like a zombie because I knew when I opened my mouth, they were going to run out of the building because I sounded so bad to me. But my manager, who is my son, said, mom, nothing's wrong with you. What are you saying? I said, Zori, I know how I should sound. And I don't sound like the Patti LaBelle that I want people to hear. So I was nervous every show. I would say, Zori, can I please cancel? Can we not Ma, you're going to go out. Ma, you're fine. But I went through that thing and I, by the grace of God, made it. But the next day, on a lot of radio shows of each city, they said, we're praying for Patti LaBelle. Because I knew that I wasn't as great as I should be. But people believed in me so much. And um, it just gave me faith and, and uh, courage to just, no matter how bad my voice is, just continue to sing. And guess what? By the grace of God, it came back stronger than ever before. And it was prayer. All my sisters were diagnosed with cancer at one time or another. And I was touring a lot on the road and nobody could cook like I could cook in my family. And I made the best bacon and egg sandwiches with butter toast. And when I came back from, I don't know where I was, my sister Jackie was in the hospital about five minutes from where I lived at that time. And she wanted she wanted an egg sandwich. And I just gotten back. And I said, oh, honey, I'm so tired. And I knew she was so sick and I was feeling it. As I was touring then, I felt sad a lot on stage because I knew she had bad cancer. And at that time I was feeling as though I had been not as nice as I could have been to her, you know, because of her. And she had a t-shirt line uh, selling Patti LaBelle t-shirts and different things. And at the time that she was doing that, I wasn't as pleasant as I could have been. And so the day when she wanted the sandwich, I said, I'm so tired, Jackie. I said, I'll bring it tomorrow. I promise you. Five minutes away from Lincoln Hospital. And the next morning, my aunt says, you're going to rush with the sandwich. Your sister just died. She didn't say it like that, but it was like that. It was like, here I am selfish of my little bit of time to make the day before a sandwich to take to her. And I didn't do it. So of course that's been with me. And then my other sister, Barbara, she, she was diagnosed with cancer. My other sister, Vivian, she was diagnosed with cancer and I'm still standing. And I'm wondering why before they turned 44, 45, they all died. Faith pulled me through and and every year after 50 I just said oh am I gonna stay you know like I did say at the beginning I'm gonna stay you know and I introduced myself 
And I wonder every day how long I'm gonna stay. And then my mother died of diabetes, my father of Alzheimer's, my uncle of blindness from diabetes, my aunts, everybody died. And I was still standing. And it made me feel as a why, why not me? And I still don't know. I deal with it every day, of course. I miss them in my house. I miss them fighting with me. I miss all of the things that comes along with having sisters, having a family who can say anything to you and get away with it because it's blood. This time is precious. My faith is so strong. I woke up this morning. Faith was here again. My house is still intact. I live in the area that the tornadoes tore up so many close to my home, so many friends of mine. I mean, there by the grace of God, there go I. Here I am again. Faith pulled me through this morning. I was nervous to wake up to look outside. And um, here again, I'm, I'm highly favored. I'm blessed again. And there's so many things that happen. It's like I said, at 77, still being given a chance to perform, you know, and going on tour for the first time in two years, almost 18 months, I am being asked to perform again. So my faith is strong. I've been asked to do a lot of things like Dance with the Stars. They asked three years in a row and I said, no, no, no. Finally, at 71, I said, why not? And I did it and I lasted six weeks. And after doing it, I was 71. So many ladies, I gave them faith. I gave them hope. Would see me in the airport and say, my God, I'm 69 or whatever. And I'm afraid to take chances. Even after 50, I was afraid. And she said, you did Dancing with the Stars at 71. What help that did for my mind, she said. She said, because I realize now I can try anything. And you don't always have to succeed in what you try. You can fail. I mean, I didn't make it through uh, Dance with the Stars. But I did it because I can. You know, you have to believe in yourself a lot more than most people after they turn 50 June. They think it's over. I know it's not over. I know at 77, I'm getting more opportunities than I did when I was 40. You know, so never stop thinking that you're all that in the bag of chips at 77. Really? What it is, is you know that you're not through. No matter if I was 81, I know I'm not through. I know I'm not finished. I have so much to give and so much to do. But just knowing that you, you're offered these things, stop saying no. <laughs> Say yes. Patty leaves us with a thought from a January 9th excerpt of the Jesus Calling devotional. You may encounter many obstacles as you move toward your goal, but don't be discouraged. Never give up. With my help, you can overcome any obstacle. To learn more about Patty's new projects or where you can see her on tour, please visit her website at pattylabelle.com. Stay tuned to Tracy Lawrence's story after a brief message. Motherhood. It's a journey like no other, teeming with love, unparalleled dedication, and moments that pierce the very essence of your soul. It's a trek that demands to be celebrated, lauded, and embraced in its entirety. Celebrate the moms in your life this Mother's Day with two beautiful gift books, Jesus Calling for Moms by Sarah Young and Grace for the Moment for Moms by Max Licato. These heartfelt devotionals will remind the moms in your life just how special they are. 
Jesus Calling for Moms, and Grace for the Moment for Moms are available now, where all books are sold. During times of transition and unknown next steps, it's more important than ever to cling to the promises of God and to tune your ear to what Jesus has to say. Jesus Calling for Graduates is an encouraging compilation of 150 devotions from Sarah Young's brand. Grads will find topics such as discerning God's will, self-worth, trust, support, and much more. Jesus Calling for Graduates is perfect for both high school and college graduates as they embark on the next chapter. Look for our special custom edition of Jesus Calling for Graduates, available exclusively at faithgateway.com. When your days feel overwhelming and your life has you anxious and stressed, you can find peace and hope in Jesus. There's a brand new 365-day devotional prayer book called Jesus Listens from Sarah Young, the author of Jesus Calling. With Jesus Listens, you can strengthen or renew your relationship with God through the continual conversation of prayer. Jesus Listens is perfect if you're busy with life's demands but want to grow in your prayer life looking for rest and hope from difficult times, or are not even sure how to pray. By praying scripture through this daily devotional prayer book, you'll experience how intentional prayer connects you to God, changes your heart, and can even move mountains. For more information on how to get the new 365-day devotional prayer book, Jesus Listens, visit jesuscalling.com slash jesuslistens. Our next guest is award-winning and multi-platinum-selling country musician, Tracy Lawrence. Tracy's musical life began while in church, being influenced by gospel music right alongside listening to the music of country greats like Glenn Campbell and Charlie Pride. Achieving great heights himself in the country music world, Tracy never forgot his roots and credits God for having his hand over his life every step of the way. In that spirit of remembering where his blessings come from, Tracy wants to give back what he's been given to those in need. This has inspired the work of the Mission Possible Turkey Fry and Benefit Concert every year during Thanksgiving, where Tracy and friends feed hundreds of homeless people in Nashville, Tennessee. My name is Tracy Lawrence. I'm a professional musician, recording artist in Nashville, Tennessee, and and, uh, I had a huge string of hits in the 90s and through the early 2000s, going all the way back to Sticks and Stones, which was my very first album and my first number one record back in 1991. So that's what I do produce records, make music, write a lot of songs, and I'm just an old muso. I grew up in southwest Arkansas. I'm originally from East Texas. My mother remarried when I was very young, and my stepfather raised me. I have three sisters and two brothers, pretty large family. I grew up cutting hay and working in the yard and and working cattle and all those kind of things. We lived in a farm community that was right on the Red River. Uh, We bordered Oklahoma to the west and Texas to the south. And uh, the Red River was the boundary between where we lived and the Texas line. I grew up in the church. You know, I was a a member of the UMY when I was a kid. So that's the early part of my childhood. You know, my mom and my dad and my grandmother were very instrumental in that. I grew up in the Methodist Church. That was where my dad belonged. I went through confirmation when I was 14 and went to church camp every year for many, many years. I was actually conference council president. I was UMY president and sub-district president and all that stuff. So I was an officer for many years. My grandmother went to the Pentecostal church, so I got exposed to it from that side, too. And 
And uh, that was a, a very different experience going back and forth between the Pentecostal church and the Methodist church. So I, I, th those were the big influences in my life. You know, I had influences all the way back to when I was four and five years old listening to Glenn Campbell and Charlie Pride. But the two big ones that really sparked it for me, that made me really decide that I really wanted to pursue this, George Strait and Merle Haggard were the two big ones and pretty much taught myself how to play guitar from the back of a church camp songbook that had all the chord charts in it. And I'd start working up old Merle Haggard songs that were pretty basic and some of the easier George Strait songs. So, and that was when I, when I was about 12 years old, I discovered that I had a, a decent baritone voice and I could emulate a lot of the guys that I liked and that was really the foundation of where it all started. And I really think that that's when the dream started for me when I was about 12. That was really when I, when I decided that that's, this was what I wanted to do for a living. So it was always there for me. Uh, you know, I sold everything and moved to Nashville in the early 90s. It was a pretty uh, quick thing for me. I got here in September of 90. And in May of 91, I cut Sticks and Stones, which was my first album. We're celebrating our 30th anniversary this year for that record. I just felt like I was at the right place at the right time. It was a pretty quick transition from the time I got here until I found my way in the studio cutting that first record. I was just lucky enough to run across a lot of really great people. Uh, had some people that really believed in me early on and uh, a lot of lucky cards fell my way. You know, growing up with a family that was very faith-based, I've always known that God's had his hand on my shoulder, even through the hard times in life. I've never felt alone. I've always known that there was a greater power watching over me. And I've always felt guided that, that I was here for a purpose. And I felt that way since I was a young kid. I always believed that God had a plan for me and he had great things in store for me in my life. And even through some of the darkest periods of my life, God's always had his hand on me. And I've always felt that presence in my life. Mission Possible, we actually, uh, we work hand in hand with the Nashville Rescue Mission. We've just finished our 15th year and we'll prepare turkeys in the parking lot. We deep fry turkeys for the rescue mission, usually 500 or so, and they will serve food to the men and women of the mission uh, the week of Thanksgiving every year. But the concert is where we actually raised the money, and I think we raised over $150,000 again this year that we donated to the mission. And they use that for all the other things that they need throughout the year. They don't get any government funding for the mission. Everything that they get is privately donated. My purpose is just to facilitate the thing and drive awareness to the mission and, and bring some friends on every year to help me out and to drive awareness to the great work that they do. I think, uh, as we've all seen through this last year, the, the homeless and, and the need that is uh, out there across the country is just getting greater and greater. Uh, it's a little disheartening. It seems like the more you do, the more you realize that you're barely scratching the surface. But hopefully you'll inspire somebody else to do something with their church or somewhere else and, and just do their part in helping out our fellow man. I think that we all have a responsibility to do that wherever we're at in life and uh, whatever that you can afford to do, just uh, contribute and help your fellow man out. I think it's real easy, especially when you do have some notoriety and you find yourself in the public eye to kind of lose track of everything. But I've tried to channel that as I've gotten older and really make it a point to 
to realize how fortunate I am to be where I am and, and God has blessed me so much in my life. And I think whenever you do know that God has blessed you, that you have a responsibility to share that with the people that you come in contact with and, and be able to spread a little bit of that love and joy and humanitarianism around to them as well. I'm just very thankful that God has given me a platform that I can do a lot for a lot of other people. And we have a great vision of, of the things that we want to do further down the road. I mean, I, I hope Mission Possible continues to grow. We want to make the concert bigger. We want to add some, some other elements to it. So we're going to be raising money to be able to do other things for the mission and for some other peripheral nonprofit organizations out there as well. So we, we have the desire to continue to grow and do more for the Nashville community. I pray every day. Uh, I pray when I'm driving in my vehicle, when I'm going down the road. Sometimes I, and I, they say you're not supposed to pray for patience, but sometimes I have to because I, I require it and I need it. But, you know, I've seen it affect our everyday lives. My, my wife's a prayer warrior. She's on it every day. She gets up every morning. She is very engaged. I've seen the effect that it's had on our family. I've seen the peace that it's given to me and, and everybody around me. Prayer is just an essential part of life. I mean, if you don't have prayer in your life, I think you're missing the whole picture. I have that relationship with my maker, and I talk to him every day. It's a very special relationship. I take those times when I'm driving a lot. Those are the real special times when I just turn the radio off and, and just uh, enjoy some quiet time and ponder on things that are going on in my family and ask for understanding and how do I deal with different situations that are going on with my children and what am I supposed to do as a leader and a role model and, and, and what am I supposed to do in these situations. Those are the times that I really take that moment to really kind of get inside and he tells me what to do i mean he shows me the way and because i've had to realize as i've gotten older that i really don't know what to do most of the time uh, i rely on god to show me as we wrap our time with tracy he reads a passage from jesus listens january 7th glorious lord i love to worship you in the beauty of holiness the beauty of your creation reflects some of who you are and it delights me you are working your ways in me, the divine artist creating loveliness in my inner being. You've been clearing out the debris and clutter within me, making room for your spirit to take full position. Help me to collaborate with you in this effort. Be willing to let go of anything you choose to take away. You know exactly what I need, and you have promised to provide all of that abundantly. I don't want my sense of security to rest in my possessions or in things going my way. You are training me to depend on you alone. Finding fulfillment in your loving presence. This involves being satisfied with much or with little of the world's goods, accepting either as you will for me. Instead of grasping and controlling, I'm learning to release and receive, to cultivate this receptive stance. I need to trust you more in any and every situation. In your beautiful name, Jesus, amen. To learn more about Tracy Lawrence, please visit tracylawrence.com. And to learn more about the Mission Possible Turkey Fry, check out their website, tlmissionpossible.com. If you'd like to hear more stories about what happens when we say yes to God, check out our interview with Cece Winans. Next time on the Jesus Calling Podcast, we'll hear from co-host of The Talk, Amanda Klutz, who tragically lost her young husband, Nick Cordero, to COVID-19. Amanda opens up about her grief process and how she found comfort in prayer. You know, finding comfort came from my family, from his family, definitely from God and from, you know, prayer and, and believing and having faith. 
and from my social media army that came to my aid. You know, I think loss is, it's such a tough process. Grief is a journey that you really can only go on on your own. Want to hear more inspirational stories of people who have been changed by a closer walk with God? Then subscribe today to the Jesus Calling Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And please be sure to leave a review, which helps us reach and inspire others with these stories. Plus, if you like seeing our guests as well as hearing them, you can find video interviews available on our YouTube channel at youtube.com, Jesus Calling Book, on Facebook, and on the Jesus Calling Instagram page.